0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dr. J's American Passages. I'm Dr. J. Today, I'll be reading a passage from Ralph Waldo Emerson's 1840 essay, Self-Reliance. Self-Reliance has long been considered one of the essential works of American literature and society, perhaps the essential work and I think rightly so, though I've grown to be suspicious of it over the years since I first read it and took it to heart as a college student 50 years ago. Self-reliance contains many phrases that are still with us today. Whoso would be a man must be a non-conformist. A foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. Trust thyself, every heart vibrates to that iron string. These are sayings that I lived by in my younger days, and they did me a lot of good. My younger days were the 1960s, and it's remarkable how much the Woodstock generation followed Emerson. If it feels good, do it, was the watchword of the times. But I was actually a little suspicious even then. Yes, free love and marijuana and rock music not only felt good, but were good or so it seemed. But as I watched policemen beating protesters with nightsticks or setting dogs on them and knocking them down and pushing them back with fire hoses, it occurred to me that they weren't doing so just because they felt the law required them to, but because to them it felt good. Similarly, an emphasis on the self very easily lends itself to selfishness, And disregard for the good of others. Emerson's self reliance gives ample evidence of this, and when it came my turn to teach it, I emphasized this danger to my students. I was thus interested when, at the end of the semester, each student was called upon in turn to share their favorite passage from the semester with the class, from any of the score or more selections we had read by a diversity of authors. Diverse in gender and race and social circumstances and beliefs. Over half the class, including the class's full range of gender, race, social class, and beliefs, chose a passage from self-reliance. Yes, they were quick to acknowledge right from the get-go. Emerson's advocacy of selfishness is a problem. They were aware, after all, who was giving them their final grade. Still... His advocacy on behalf of each of them was precious to them. Trust yourself. What you have to say is important and you should say it. Young people today don't feel this is what society is saying to them, including, and perhaps most importantly, the society of TikTok and Instagram, which, far from empowering individual voices, pounds them every day with their failure to be as cool as their peers. The passage from self-reliance I've chosen for this episode isn't the most memorable. It isn't one any of my students chose. But it appeals to me because it uses a poetic image, the image of roses growing beneath Emerson's window to convey its message. The roses, Emerson declares, live in the present. There is nothing in the past for them to feel bad about themselves for. There is nothing in the future for them to feel anxious about. They don't care about other roses that might be better roses. They simply live in their own fullness. This is what my students wished for themselves more than anything else, to be able to live in their own fullness. Emerson then elaborates what this means for us, what the past is that makes us miserable. It isn't just things we've done. But the whole society of rules and judgments that deny us, deny our being. We can't even hear the voice of God in our present lives, but only as it's been given to us by those who heard it in the past. Men in the past saw God face to face, Emerson elsewhere argues, but we see God now only through their eyes. Why not see God, hear God, ourselves? Let's listen as Emerson asks this question and ask ourselves whether or not Emerson's thoughts and questions still speak to us today. From Self-Reliance by Ralph Waldo Emerson Man is timid and apologetic. Well, that doesn't sound true today. But let's see where Emerson goes with it. Man is timid and apologetic. He is no longer upright. He dares not say, I think, I am, but quotes some sage or saint. Man is shamed by the blade of grass or the blowing rose. These roses under my window make no reference to former roses or to better roses. They are for what they are. They exist with God today. There is no time in them. There is simply the rose. It is perfect in every moment of its existence. Before a leaf bud has burst, its whole life acts. In the full-blown flower there is no more. In the leafless root there is no less. Its nature is satisfied, and it satisfies nature in all moments alike. But man postpones or remembers. He does not live in the present, but with reverted eyes laments the past, or, heedless of the riches that surround him, stands on tiptoe to foresee the future. But he will not be happy or strong until he too lives with nature in the present, above time. This should be plain enough, yet even strong intellects dare not yet hear God himself, unless God speaks the phraseology of I know not what David or Jeremiah or Paul. We shall not always set so great a price on a few old texts, a few old lives. It is as easy for the strong man to be strong as it is for the weak to be weak. When we have new perception, we shall gladly disburden the memory of its hoarded treasures as old rubbish. When a man lives with God, his voice shall be as sweet as the murmur of the brook and the rustle of the corn. There is much in even this short passage to unpack, as is always the case with Emerson. Man is timid, he wrote nearly 200 years ago. If he were alive today, we think he wouldn't say this, our world today is full of people who aren't timid at all about speaking their minds. But then Emerson specifies what he means. No one, he says, dares say, I think, I am, but quotes some saint or sage. Many today say, I am, but do we do so without looking over our shoulder to make sure we're part of a group or that someone isn't coming for us? Does anyone actually want to be caught thinking for themselves? Or do we keep our most individual thoughts to ourselves? Or only share them over a glass of wine or beer or bourbon with those we trust to think like us? Things become clearer when Emerson turns to the roses outside his window. They don't care what other roses might think or have thought, they don't compare themselves to other roses. They just exist in their own beauty today, with God. There are a few such people in the world today. I worry, though, that they're mostly retirees like myself, drinking their coffee and enjoying their rose bushes. Young people need to be happy just being, being the individual that they are. They would like to just live in the now and just be like the rose bush, without judgment even without self-judgment, which never has its origins in ourselves, but in our awareness of society's judgments. This is the deepest meaning of Emerson's self-reliance, not selfishness, but self-confidence. When a man lives with God, Emerson sums up, his voice shall be as sweet as the murmur of the brook and the rustle of the corn. Hearing me read this, you may feel some ambiguity. Whose voice shall be as sweet as the murmur of the brook and the rustle of the corn? God's, you might think. But no, his is with a small h. When we live with God, our voice will be as sweet as the murmur of the brook. But we can't find God in Bibles or sermons or rallies or admonitions, but only as the rose finds God in being the rose it is in the world of growing things, in the world of murmuring brooks and rustling corn. Until next time, I'm Dr. J.